What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Live Beyond Average podcast. I'm Jordan Miller, and this is my co-host, my business partner, my wife, Amy. What's up? <laughs> Not much. Just ready to get to another podcast. I know. I'm pumped. We're going to dive in It's been a deep. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a week and a half for you. <laughs> I did one with a, with a client last week. Um, but yeah, we. this is one that we... We were planning on doing last week and we just didn't have time to get it done. Um, and we're excited to do this one because we know this one is going to bring a lot of value to a lot of people. Um, yes. And uh, this has been uh, just part of our story right here. This is our re- part of our relationship story. Uh, we got married really young. We're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. But this podcast is really going to be about leveling up your relationship. Um, we'll, we'll use our testimony from our relationship and marriage um, and some key things we did when we sucked in our relationship. Yes. And so things to improve, things to fix it. Um, and we know that these are principles that will help your relationship. Yeah. I mean, this is a very personal story. We've shared, we both shared a little bit on our social media of, you know, the struggles we've been through. And yeah, yeah. so we're just going to get into it even a little bit deeper so people have more and it helps others and it helps relationships and it helps bring husband and wives a little bit Mm. closer together because I'm sure other couples are going through something similar, Mm -hmm. have been through something similar, and hopefully we can help them so they come back together instead of go the other way yeah and i know this audio portion is needed because after we did you know a written copy of just a very short version of this story um on social last year um and a couple other times as we talked about it on our social medias um how much response we've gotten um you know and 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 usually quiet response people privately reaching out Mm -hmm. um and and uh, asking for help or how it helped them through. And so we know this is needed in, a vid- in you know, this video and audio standpoint, giving more of the story because we know how much just a small written post encouraged other couples. Yes. Um, and we know how a written post encouraged us from somebody else. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. story of how that all aligns and connects. And so um, we know and we believe that it's for all of us for a purpose. And um, that it's going to help other people. So For sure. Yeah. So we'll get vulnerable. Dude. Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> going gonna to get raw and real with you guys. Um, you know, we're not really going to hold back on what happened because it's, it is what happened. It's our, our story. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool. We know it's going to help you guys um, or help somebody that you know. Um, so we'll start diving in, babe. Where do you want to start on this? Well, I think we'll t- just... Context. Yeah, I think we'll just give the background of us and... I mean, most people that know us obviously know we are high school sweethearts, but maybe if you don't know us very well, we are high school sweethearts. Uh, We started dating when we were both 16 years old, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, we're engaged at 19 and got married at 21. Uh, So I will say... Married um, while we were still in college. Married while we were still in college. Well, I had graduated and had still a year left, but... Um, I, 
I do want people to kind of get out of their heads because uh, that shaming of like high school couples or making them feel like they um, are kind of on, what's the term, like the wrong foot to begin with. Like mm -hmm. a high school couple just already has a big disadvantage. I've never heard that. I've, I've, I've had that and I've felt that before from people that, you know, oh, you're high school sweethearts. Like okay. they kind of okay. like, oh, like, oh, that must be hard. Like, oh my goodness. And you must not have had the courage to talk to me like that. Again. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I guess if you're shaming anyone for marrying oh, someone man. that they met in high school or whatnot, I mean, just quit doing that. I've met so many successful high school Oh, yeah. Married sweethearts. And so, like, let's just just stop doing wanna that. Want to hang that one up? Yeah. All right, we can hang that one up. You just, yeah. you just hung it up for everybody. Just be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, I mean, anyone getting married in their early 20s is up against the battle of you're essentially growing up together. Dude, I think that's the biggest key point that people need to hear. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, a this is a really good key point for young couples. Yes. And so, yeah, we got married at 21 and just finishing up schools and we are embarking on life together. And so we have to go at the same pace. You're starting your careers, you're moving. Yes. And work around each other's careers and work around where each other want to live. And you are always constantly adjusting readjusting your thought process and your goals and dreams and trying to make it mold and work together and because you both have dreams and life yes, at that age and you're like they're together yeah. but you're still pretty selfish at, yeah. in your oh, 20s yeah. too and so you have to really kind of set aside a lot of stuff um, to come together and bring that life together and not hold things against each other, not yeah. hold regrets. And that's sometimes hard to do at some points. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, think about this. You, you graduate, we, you know, we moved, um, both started our own careers, both chasing dreams, both letting things go from past dreams because you're starting new dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, at the time we hadn't had our, church situation figured out nope. of what we were going to do with that um and and then you're just when, when you're when you're you get to, when you start dating at 16 you get engaged at 19 and 21 and then you're starting to grow together like remember like if, if you're in your 30s you, you're essentially starting to be you're you're already really set in who you've become mm -hmm. you're probably um, set with your career and path you want to go down that it's, way. It's more common. Set more financially. Yes. Yeah. And so when you're young, like, you're still becoming the person that you're becoming. Like, yeah. you're still evolving. And so then you're married and you have to accept the, the way the other person's evolving as well. As you're evolving and you're both, like, in this, like, who you are at 24 isn't who you were at 16. And who you are at 28 It's not who you were at 21. And so you're, like always adjusting and growing with that person um and so obviously patience has to be brought in all that and that being said our we didn't have any issues when we were young 
Like, no. Like, it was not like we were, like, married at 21 and all of a sudden just like, oh, it was bad. Like, no, we were actually super solid mm-hmm. for being yes. really young. We were very independent. We, we didn't rely on anyone. Like, yes. we did it on our own. And we had very similar interests. Yes. Um, we were best friends. Yes, and we just, we were together almost eight years before we had children. Yeah. And so then, good for us. Yes. And then we had children. And yeah. the dynamics That's shifted. That's where it shifted. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, you know, it's weird how, like, men get used to their spouse is just mine. Like, you're just mine. And all of a sudden, you're somebody else's. And it's not like that's a malicious thought. Because it's not. But it's just like, dude, men are needy. We're needy. And we're, we, we, we want to be wanted. Mm-hmm. That changes. That's a, that's a sudden change of eight years of only mine. You know, or, you know to all of a sudden you're sharing. Wow. Yes. <laughs> like, it sounds crazy, right? But mm-hmm. it's such a dynamic. And all my energy is going to a newborn because let's be honest, the newborn stage, the babies oh, yeah. wanted me oh, yeah. more than you. <laughs> Newborn's not my stage. Not my stage. And <laughs> so that's totally consuming me. And then I'm tired and I'm probably not giving the attention and quality of time that you're used to. Oh yeah, absolutely. For sure. So that's where those five love languages very much they did not exist they did not exist before (laughs) and we had to they came into the picture after that we had to figure that out because both of us were feeling neglected in that way yeah and we didn't have to communicate this way previous no we didn't have to because the only thing we only had each other so there was no need for this higher level of communication there was just communication and there was only that to talk about. Yes. Like, everything was good because the relationship was one-on-one. That was it. Mm-hmm. And so, now different dynamics get thrown in, um, and it, it totally changes. It does. Thankfully, before we had Eva, our first one, we actually, um, we, we found a church. We church we shopped, is what I call it, yes. for years. Mm-hmm. Um, we grew up differently in our religious aspects of growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither one of us were, were after we got married, we're going to make each other change. Um, and we, but we, we grew together, we church shopped together, I call it yeah. church shopping, it sounds terrible. But it's just what it was. We were jumping around trying to find somewhere to plant roots. Um, and we actually, we, we were offered a job up in Watertown. We were living in Sioux Falls at the time. And we were offered a job up in Watertown and we needed to give the guy the answer to go, it was, a, it was to run a business, have part ownership in it. It's a really cool opportunity. And uh, we had to give him the answer by Monday. And uh, we were pretty sure that we were going to do it. And that Saturday before, uh, you know, you were looking for somewhere to go to church on Sunday. And you found this place. And uh, you were like, hey, let's try this this one out on Sunday. And I was like, yeah, whatever, I guess. I mean, we're going to move on. We're going to be moving anyway. Like, we're taking this job. And then we went to church on Sunday. And we both, you know, this was three years of jumping around trying to find somewhere on and off. And we were there, and like we got it done, and we just like looked at each other. And we were like, we were supposed to be here today, mm-hmm. and so we were so ecstatic about that. That we actually turned down the job offer. We stayed in Sioux Falls because we were so pumped that we finally found a church. Yeah, it was awesome. So part of the story, just random, um, but it's important because we got solidified there somewhere together. Um, and then obviously the dynamic change. We have Eva. Dynamic change. We still continue to go to that church. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yep. And then get pregnant with number two. So dynamic was changing in that time frame. It was changing, but it wasn't like bad, bad. But it was it was changing and getting more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, especially as like Eva was one. Because um, we weren't communicating. It was like the we were not a big, communicating a big at part, all. Uh, what each other's needs were. I think that was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. It was just like we did not know how to tell each other what each other needed, and then frustration just grew. Re- frustration and resentment, and yeah, just not good. Mm-hmm. And then, yep, we have pregnant with Eric. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's so number two, and at this point, we had sold our home in Sioux Falls. Yes, we had. We're and, moving down to Canton. And we had we were living in a town home for a while. We finally found a place in Canton. We moved 20 minutes south. We built a place down there. Had Eric right after moving there. And it was kind of crazy because we were going to buy a place down in Canton. We went down. The place was on the market for like 248 days, if I remember right. It was something like that. Yes. Which was a lot of time. And we were going down to check it out. We are pretty sure we were going to buy this place. On the drive down, this place sells. And we're like, What? Like this place has been on the market for like eight months. It's hard to believe because now the market is now like stuff's on the market for oh, eight, yeah. eight seconds. No. But uh, yeah, literally eight months. And uh, so the person's like, hey, there, there's like some lots right beside it. And, and the lot beside it was actually really nice. And we're like, hey, we want to buy this lot. We're, we're going to build pretty much the same house. And the people who own the lot were like, well, we, we, we have somebody else kind of looking at it. And I was like, well, have they purchased it? And she was like, no. I was like, oh, but they, they put down a deposit for it to hold it? She's like, no, but I want to give them until Monday. It was like a Friday, I think. And uh, I was like, okay, well, like, what's the deposit on the, on, the, on the lot? And she told me. I was like, okay, cool. I'll write the check right now. Like, we want this lot. And she would not take our money. <laughs> and so I was like, whatever, I guess. We won't build here. Like, we're not, our money's no good with you, whatever. And so on Monday, she calls us. And she's trying to sell us the lot two more down, mm-hmm. which is actually a really nice lot. And, but we're like, we're, we felt offended because we're young and what are we, 25 years old or something? And, 26. Uh, 26. And so she lowers the price for us and we ended up buying this lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we build our house there and move in, right? Yes. It, Eric's born two weeks later after we move in. Mm-hmm. And then that spring, I meet our neighbor right beside us. Yes. And uh, turns out they just planted a church in that garage of that house. And uh, that is where, like, we look back now and we're like, wow, like, we couldn't buy this house. We couldn't buy this lot. We couldn't buy this other lot. And we, like, literally we were forced to build a house right beside. We landed right by the church. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Like. God knew, like, hey, like, I can't have you 100 yards away. I can't have you 80 yards away. I can't have you 60 yards away. I need you 20 yards away. I need you that close to this. Like, mm-hmm. I need you that committed because you're going you're gonna to excuse land. <laughs> That's what I call it, excuse land, out of being part of this if I don't have you right here. Like, you look back at it now and you're like, wow. You know, like, we got literally placed right there. Like, every door got shut. That wow. should have been open. I never really thought of it like that. That's pretty cool. It's epic. Yeah. Yeah. So we got planted right beside our church that we're involved in today. I mean, that was six, four, what, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nuts. And obviously we started going to that church. We were early part of that church plant when there was 
16, 20 people there. And uh, we weren't that committed at the beginning either. I mean, we still on and off went yeah, when we, we felt like it. Consistent. But we were filling that pull there, right? As we were filling that pull there, our relationship was getting worse. Yeah. Uh, so I go back to the love languages. And Jordan, please share your love language. Feelings. <laughs> what are those? I, you know what I mean? Like, oh, so you're, are you legit asking me right yes. now what they are? Or okay. Yeah. You what? What is your number one love language? Affirmation. Affirmation. And mine is words of affirmation. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yes, words of affirmation. Yep, that's one. And mine is acts of service. And neither one of us was giving either of those love languages to each other. And so... Because in your mind, you were just like, you know what I mean? Like, you were like, well, if we, you know, if we have sex, we're like, we're, like, you're good as a man. Like, you're good, mm -hmm. right? Like, that was like, you're like, and I was just like, and I didn't know how to verbalize that. I was like, no, that's not just what I want. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that is, physical touch is my second one. Like, I like, but physical touch also isn't, just sex. You know what I mean? Yeah. I couldn't verbalize these things to you. I didn't no. know how to. No. I and didn't, never, never had to communicate like this before. Yes. And so Jordan communicates in, you've gotten better, but he communicates in a way that's like joking. Like, why don't you love me anymore? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. like, yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, talking to your boyfriend, like really like passive aggressive. It's super passive aggressive. <laughs> totally get it from my dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I also can't communicate when I need help. I just am one of those that mm. takes on everything. And when I get mad, I clean or I just do more. And... No. <laughs> Don't, don't, and, just, just don't say anything. Or don't say anything. And you also don't say anything. I, I know when, that therein lies the problem, and, right? And so, yes. Yeah, so I would say, I don't know, maybe it was like a year and a half, two years with Eric. Yeah. So, I mean, this was starting in 2015, like yes. mid-2015, you know, and, somewhere in there. And we, Not bad, putting, you know. and we were putting Band-Aids on a lot of it. It was band-aids um, through 2015 to 2016 where it's not like it was that serious, but like yes. it got serious. It, it's kind of like, you think about this analogy of, I'm sure some of you have heard it, but you have, you have a, a lion, a little baby lion in a cage and you walk in the cage every day and you pet it. And, oh, it's just a cute little baby lion. You give it some steak and you give it some food and it starts to grow up and you keep going in there and pretty soon, like, that steak, that lion grows big, and that steak ain't big enough for the lion. And you walk, and you continue to walk in that cage to feed that lion, and pretty soon, like, you're the meal. Mm -hmm. Like, that is what, when you don't address true problems, you just band-aid things, at some point, the lion is going to freaking devour you. Yes. Like, and that's exactly what, you know, started to happen. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the band-aids were being put on um, continually, and... It was just the same fight. I mean, it was going around and around. And fights the, about nothing. Fights about nothing. Literally nothing. And we'd be good for a little bit, then get into that same fight again. 
Yeah. And not talk for five days. Yes. Waste and weekends. Waste weekends. We wasted so much time. It was so frustrating. And at first, it would be like maybe months. I don't know, maybe weeks, months. But it wasn't continual. And then it started to be like yeah, weekly. Yeah, the, these were like, yeah, once every so many months. And then yeah. it was once a month. And then it was pretty soon this was literally a week on, week off thing. Yes. And now there's not even, there's not just communication issues. There is also career changes within these five years. Oh, Jordan a had a big career change and when Eric was born. And yes, I climbed up two different corporate ladders yes. as I was running a business as and well. Yes. I was overworking. And, and then yeah. I got into the corporate world mm-hmm. and was a big shift of schedule and demands and all so, that. So and you, then you went into full-time business. Oh, and, yeah. And, and so, so a lot of life's happening People too. understand how much little time we were giving each other. Like, yeah, you were full-time corporate. I was full-time corporate. Flying every other week across the country, and filming a TV show, and doing online training, mm-hmm. and doing some in-person training—like absolute ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Yes. The amount of hours worked, like, and not focusing on each other at all. No, like, no, not putting each other as a priority. So yeah, I mean, as these fights started getting more consistent, I mean, the wounds kept getting bigger and bigger because obviously the fights kept getting bigger and bigger and the words said to each other were meaner meaner meaner, and both of us are holding on and remembering those words and we're just holding against each other every fight we are just not able to get past it we're we're so resentful to each other we're just not forgiving each other at all well, and that's where I want to make a point here. That's where, you know, these little fights, you know, they, they happen on. And, you know, pretty soon you start saying things that are so mean that beforehand when you could get over it and forgive it, you know, okay, cool, fix, whatever, have a good week. You get to a point where you we, we couldn't even get over the last thing said. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't even get out of the fight then. No. And so pretty soon we were living just in absolute, like, just defiance of each other yes you know like and it was and it was painful i mean both of us were just miserable um i think you could even look back on pictures and you can tell like we're not even maybe faking it just we're not looking our healthiest we're you know we're we're drained and yeah i mean we at that point we were just putting on the show and mm-hmm. I think that telling this story is in a way freeing. Um, oh, yeah. When we finally came out with that, too, yeah, like that post, it was just... Of, like, no, not everything's been perfect, and it's okay that it's not perfect. Like, marriage is hard, and more of us should be talking about the struggles to kind of help people get through it. Absolutely. Especially in the social media world where you just see things, and and then you're struggling, but everybody else looks like they're... It's oh, happy. everybody's doing great. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the only one that's struggling. Yeah, you're always like, doing that comparing dude, game. Exactly. So it's like, man, we ever, ever since then, too, it's just we've really focused on our socials of being like, dude, yeah, like, we're going to be real. Like, not everything's, not everything's 
super like, and I'm a happy-go-lucky person. Right. And but so I when think, I started going into that, yeah, it made it worse for me because I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. And so then I became unhappy, and I didn't know how to deal with being unhappy. Yeah, and like you were trying to mask it even more on your social media. Yeah. And that I'm was miserable. like making Jordan even more miserable. That actually was what made me hit rock mm-hmm. bottom because I got to that point. Like there was a reason why. Like you can go back and listen to some podcasts during this time and like. 2019 and like I was filming these podcasts and like a lot of them just became hunting because I couldn't give I'd get it done doing a podcast that had any type of advice on it and I just hated myself because I'm like oh, that's the most hypocritical thing you ever said like you do all of that mm-hmm. you know what I mean like what it was just like and I got to a point where I couldn't even I didn't want to talk yeah I didn't want to do a podcast I didn't want to film any content for my social media like it just got to that point where, like, that is what forced me into rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, rock bottom was, like, it, it was very apparent and visible to anyone that was close around us. I mean, our families were starting to really notice that oh, we yeah. were struggling, um, really close friends and and whatnot, so. Yeah, but we I couldn't mean, go home to, like, without even, like... Your point where, like, you're fighting, but you can, like, not fight for a week when you're on your family. Like, we couldn't even not fight when we were home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was just well, you, it was to, just you, know, you can't even sit by each other. No. Like, you, sitting in a vehicle for the three-hour drive to, to Murdo was miserable. Mm-hmm. Like. Yes. It just got in for, in, in for no reason. Like, no. not, not like, a, oh, somebody Well, did not it. no reason. I mean, there's but... reason, obviously, behind <laughs> it, right? But, like. You know, we and we already said those reasons. We just mm-hmm. we just talked about them. But like a lot of times, there's sometimes there's you know specific. Oh, somebody did this. Somebody did this. But it's just like, no, we just weren't doing it. We yes. weren't doing anything. We weren't doing anything. Which is and the then problem. we weren't doing anything. And then we got to the point of like, we knew what needed to be done. We knew what. Mm each other should be doing like we always yes, had suggestions yeah we always had suggestions for what the other one should be doing and we were constantly just putting the blame on the other one and so that's the and, next phase is yeah hey, you want this fixed cool you go do this yes that's that was this that this was the final phase yeah. of the argument you know everything's built up to this and it's like okay well we need to fix it if we want to stay together so you're kind of desperate and you're trying to fix it and it was Cool. Well, this is what you need to do, Amy, if we're going to fix this. Yeah. And Jordan, yeah, like Jordan, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm perfect. Yeah. Jordan, not... I need you to see this. And yeah, it'd both be like... Up till oh, three in the morning, yelling the same thing back and forth yeah. to each other. That it's the other person. Yes. And neither one taking ownership. And I think... We're both really hard-headed. Yeah, we're both pretty stubborn. But, I mean, can I get to the point of like ultimate breaking point? I mean, what you think of ultimate breaking point in mind might be different, but yeah. So let's let's have that conversation of perspectives because we can probably. I remember having a huge blowout fight, and we had multiple of those. But <clears throat> I, I had said like, I'm like, the words weren't very nice that day, and I was like, I do not feel like I should be treated this way I'm no I do not want to be a part of this anymore like mm. I officially like laid it down and I was done and I put it in your ball court of like figure out if you mm-hmm. want me or not otherwise like I'm good to go mm-hmm. and I was like yeah which ultimately like 
destroyed me. Yes. Because in my mind, like, well, we're not ever going to get to that point. Yeah. You know and what I mean? We, like, yes. And we got to that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And so, yeah, for me, then, then I feel that was like the point where I felt like absolutely betrayed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's just like how it got to it. Like, oh, like, really? That's where. And then I, then I just held that against you. Mm-hmm. That, oh, like, this is your fault. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're the one who wants to not be together, not me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, you just weaponize everything that the other person says. Yeah. And to try to make yourself be the good guy in the situation that has two bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, neither one of us was right in the situation. Like, we were both adding fuel to the fire. Uh, yeah. Dumping. Dumping yeah. $4 gasoline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, my, my point of being done, um, was I just put it back in your ball court and then, I mean, you had finally a day when you were like, I'm figuring this out. Yeah, he obviously didn't say that to you. No, he never said anything, but you just, I mean... Can, do you have a specific? Oh yeah, it was day? it was at like, the it was in December of 2020, uh-huh. and I was down in the podcast room actually, and just like literally rock bottom, bawling, being a baby. You know what I mean? I didn't know what to do. I was like rock bottom, you know, and so couldn't do anything. Couldn't work. Couldn't make any content. Couldn't do anything because all my content's motivational. All my like, and when you're absolutely empty and dead inside, you can't do anything. So I'm worthless and garbage you know what i mean it's just like lows lows of lows for me and uh everything's just gonna be garbage from here on out and so i'm at this rock bottom point and i was whatever getting bowling downstairs and get on my computer to try to do some work and i'm just getting on my phone and i'm like flipping through flipping through instagram and somebody had shared a podcast of steve weatherford's podcast on their stories and i i just whatever i needed something to listen to and no idea who this guy was but i clicked on it listened to it and really connected with me but the guy sounded just like me in a sense of energy like me when i used to feel good mm-hmm. and so that was attractive but it was also like so much energy that I'm like this dude's fake you know what i mean I'm like this guy's not whatever yeah. And I'm like, well, I probably come off that way too. So whatever. And so I clicked on that. I clicked on the guy's profile. I went and looked at his Instagram or whatever. And his very, his, his most recent post was a picture of him and his wife. If I remember right on the curb, curb, just like a picture of him. Like, and he just got raw and real in that post. And he was just like, you know, me and my wife, this and that, like we've struggled. He lists out his struggle he lists out what he's been doing, what they're doing. And that it's like, you know, basically stepping up and doing, you know, to fix it. And that it's not always easy. And, you know, it just like it was super vulnerable. And it essentially kind of like our post was when we finally came out, right? Mm-hmm. It was one of those posts like in, it was giving other men permission to go fix it. Yeah. And I was just like, I needed to see that right then and there. And so whatever the way social media algorithms work. You can blame it on that or you can blame it on, it was just meant, to, it was meant to be right. Like God put then I was, then I was working on my computer and I was on Facebook and I have this ad come across my Facebook and it's 
Steve Weatherford and another dude's coaching group, and they're doing a free week-long coaching every day for a week. And I'm like, well, I just love this guy's post. It connected with me, whatever. Like, I'm signing up for this. Mm-hmm. And I just signed up for it, and it was great, and it's it was all God-based teachings. And I'm like, obviously, I'm at my lowest of lows. This is what I need to be in. It's a group of other men. And... Monday through Friday, they go good. Obviously, they pitch their coaching group at the end, and uh, they give a bonus day on Saturday. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting all this I can. Like, I'm soaking up all of it. So I jump in the Saturday group. By the end of it, I'm like, I don't think me and Amy have probably talked at all that week, but you had said, like, you had already noticed, like, change that week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went upstairs, and I'm like, hey, so it was Saturday afternoon, and, you know, it was probably the first time we had talked that yeah, entire week. Yeah, he finally week. like poured out like all that he was doing that week. And yeah, it was like, so I've been like doing this coaching. Amazing so. conversation, yeah. Yeah, and we talked for probably ten minutes, <laughs> just ten more minutes than we had talked in a year, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, like actually talked. And I was like, well, I I'm I want to do this group, even though in my mind I'd already made up my mind, but I was trying to be like, ask. You know what I mean? Like trying mm-hmm. to involve my wife in that. And I mean, it was a lot of money for us. Mm-hmm. per month I mean it was like 500 bucks to be a part of it but I was like dude I already in the week felt like change and I need this whatever so I'm like and you were like you didn't even hesitate you're like yep yeah just do just it like wanting you to do it yeah just do it and so it's like Jordan has been like obviously I've seen this change in you in the last couple of years but before that like I almost felt like Jordan isolated himself like you Absolutely. didn't want to be a part of groups or whatnot now i wanted to lead everything yes heaven forbid i i'd be a part of something like if it's not mine i don't want to be part of it right that's how i was yeah so like i was just like yeah you like need to be a part of this and you know during our hard times like we had been going to church i was trying to get us to do some stuff, maybe like couples Bible study, Mm -hmm. um, getting us to pray more, to read more. And nothing was sticking because ultimately I needed Jordan to take the lead on it because he's the leader of of our fam Mm -hmm. and he wasn't going to do it unless he finally was like, yep, I'm going full in on this. Yeah. And so we do, you know, I'm, I'm signed up for this group doing the, you know, there's a couple calls a week we're part of, we're part of this group stuff, just stuff to work on all the time. It was great. And it's giving permission to just do stuff. At that time, we had finally then, maybe two months into that, started a couple's, like, we had bought a Bible study book. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I looked back on it now, and I'm like, I was still such a POS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like, we'd sit there, and even I, like, in, you know, the book would go over some scripture stuff, go over life stuff, and then we're like, well, what, you know, I'd ask a couple questions and mm-hmm. you both would elaborate. Like, I still couldn't even get myself to answer a question out loud with my mouth, with real words to Amy. Yes. I would just kind of grunt like a caveman. Mm-hmm. I was so closed. Yeah. I couldn't even, t- yep. like, it was so <laughs> difficult for me. And I'd sit there and I would think about the things I wanted to say, but I could not get myself to, like, verbally speak them out loud right and i mean then i would just get frustrated and be like okay we were trying we were trying and it just like 
like I said, it, it, was it wasn't going to work until you were finally like ready to take the lead and open up yeah. to it. And like, and that was, that was part of it. Like that was the early steps of it was doing that. Like we had decided that, you know, and so I don't know, we're a few months into this group and all of a sudden like Steve's like, Hey, I'm inviting this guy on and his wife that we've done marriage, like invite your wife's on on Thursday night. We're, me and my wife are going to invite on Ivy and Benet Marsh. Um, they've helped me and my wife. Like they were our, uh, basically our marriage coaches mm-hmm. or whatever. And yeah. they're, they're pastors down in, in, in Alabama. And so we jump on this 30 minute call and Ivy and Benet are like talking about all this stuff and they're going over like childhood things in men. And when they start being around 30 years old, which is the exact, that's how old I was. And like mm-hmm. how you start actually like evolving into the personality that you actually are and things that you went through in your childhood like can sometimes affect like your personality when you're younger which especially more in men especially in men more so than women and so my parents are divorced when i was little yep. and so for me like it affected my sister and my brother more and my probably not my brother so much because he was so little but i was kind of the person where i'm like i don't care it doesn't like i have nothing to do with this it didn't affect me that way and like truly it didn't except for the fact of it affected everyone around me that i cared about that it, it's the effect of the people around me that affected me not the fact that my parents were divorced i didn't it was whatever like my right. parents still live seven blocks apart i it didn't matter mm-hmm. but seeing the effect of other people affected me and so my thing was was like and that's where i got my personality of always being happy-go-lucky was Hey everybody, we're good. We're good. Everybody's good. Let's be happy. Come on, come on, come on. Like I rallied. Let's everybody. not talk about it. Let's just rally people together. <laughs> let's be pumped and like come on, let's be happy because mm-hmm. like nobody was happy. Like let's be happy. And so I always took the lead on all this stuff. And I get to being thirty years old, and I'm like, I don't want to lead everybody. I don't like to be this loud, and I'm tired of this. Like and I'm exhausted. And this is exhausting. It's not my personality, but I didn't know that because I didn't know. The psychology behind it and I didn't know the words to even communicate that and so we're sitting in this zoom call and IV is talking about all this stuff and and then Benet and Benet talks about how the wife is you know the other side of the husband and she gave some wonderful analogies and we both look at each other at the end of that and we're like they literally put words in to how I feel that I couldn't verbalize and they literally put words in she put words in for you to me that she couldn't verbalize. And we both, like, without saying a word, understood everything that we had gone through. And, like, from, from when I was five to now. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, like, this moment of, like, oh. Like, that's why I'm this way. <laughs> like, and then and you understood then, which gave you empathy to be able to, this is why my husband's struggling with this. Mm-hmm. And it gave me words to tell you this is why I'm struggling yes. with this and and wow like okay cool I'm actually yes I am a leader but it's not my highest quality my quality is I like to lead from the, from behind not from the front I like to lead sometimes quieter and and make sure everybody gets there from the back and I like to plan the tactics and man think about the psychology behind people and and plan this so that everybody gets there versus the guy at the front always rallying people and being high energy like yes i'm a high energy person but i don't like i don't want to be that unless i have to mm-hmm. i want to like encourage people from the back and and tactically tact tactically do that tactically <laughs> do that 
Um, and so it wasn't until I learned all the psychology behind that, of understanding who I was, and I was going through that transition. And that helped us then, obviously, be able to start communicating. Right. So that was like a huge piece right there. It was a huge piece. And once, like, Jordan was in that group, I mean, your thirst for church and, and Jesus and building up people just grew even more. And I didn't touch on this, the holes just started to fill with him, within him. And not only did it, you, you essentially started working on yourself as the leader of the family Correct. and it just spread through everyone. It spread to our marriage, it spread to our family. And it was finally like, I want to get some context behind that, too, of why I hit such rock bottom, too, was a couple years prior to that, I had heard, like, the nudge from the Holy Spirit to be like, hey, you need to you need to lead your family. You need to lead your family. And I kept getting this nudge nonstop. Like, you need to lead your family. You need to lead your family spiritually. You need to be the spiritual leader in your family. And I kept on, like, giving the Derrick Henry stiff arm. I'm like, yep, get to that. Yep, yep, I'll get to that. Yep, yep, yep. I know. Mm-hmm. And I just refused to do it. And so it was a hit, like, it finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I'll do it. It's not about Amy anymore and fixing Amy. It's about fixing my relationship and focusing on Jesus. And that focus then changed everything because ultimately it was that, re it was that learning that a marriage is a triangle and that God's at the center and the top of that triangle mm -hmm. and the husband and wife are at each corner. And at each corner, you're the farthest way apart that you can be from each other. Right. But if you both start seeking God and you start climbing up that triangle, getting closer to God, what happens? Well, obviously those lines of the triangle get closer. So then you, you guys get closer, you know what I mean? Like you start climbing up and you guys get closer and closer and closer. So that's such, I mean, that is the reason why our marriage was fixed. Right. And I mean, essentially, yes, that, but forgiveness started happening. Exactly. The resentment started falling away and finally we were able to have the discussions and communicate really more effectively and thoroughly and we finally got past some of those issues and we quit kept, we quit going in the wheel the curse we, yes um and so I, and I don't understand this. Maybe people can do this and forgive, truly forgive people without God in their life. But I, I, I don't understand how anybody could just because I couldn't. And maybe that's not a true statement, but it's just my belief that there was no way I could ever forgive you. Like, but when, when Jesus became the center of my life and I focus on that, when that happens, you, you, you do everything you can to try to mirror Jesus. And you do everything you can to be like him. And he takes away all of that stuff that I would have never been capable of doing. You know what I mean? The, mm -hmm. it, it, like all of that stuff, you can't hate people anymore. There's a lot of people in this world yeah. that really piss me off and, yeah, and upset me. Yeah, you let me. go a lot and, of and a lot man, of anger. All of that anger is just gone. Because mm -hmm. if, if you have Jesus' love in your heart, it's a lot harder to be, you just, you can't do it. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that, things that people do that I hate in this world, but I can't, I don't hate people anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. it's just, you can't do it. It's, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. That's and a powerful so, statement. And so it's just, it's that, it's, 
it's just insane. So that that is yeah, all that when when the focus became Jesus versus the focus became hey, fix yourself, Amy. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that's that was the switch, right there, and so all of that was just happening, and uh, I was just reminded of some things that happened to me ten years prior. Um, I would dive into that, but we'd be here for another hour, and I'm gonna write a book about it. So. <laughs> You'll have to read the book when I get that actually written of just stuff that happened in my life right before we got married in 2010, something massive that happened to me. Um, and I had basically forgotten about that moment and it was a spiritual moment. Um, and, and when I was down there in the basement on that lowest of low days, um, God totally reminded me of that moment that I had in 2010, 10 years, literally 10 years, almost, you know, around 10 years to the dot prior. And he reminded me of that what he had told me then. And I was like in complete shame that I had not followed through. And at that moment was just like, okay, like let's go. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in like, I, okay, I'm listening. Like I'm done not listening. Right. Um, and so that was such a massive, massive piece of going from living with doing the Heisman trophy stiff arm to living in obedience. Not that we're anywhere close to perfect. No, but not it at is all. continual daily work, mm -hmm. right? Of, of that, and it's massively amazing. Yes, and it's now we have instilled, you know, individual like I want to say routines, but I mean, God is a part of our life on a daily, and there for a while He was there just on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And once we Most fully, Sundays, but man, yeah, if we wanted to go hunting, if we wanted to whatever, like you know right. what I mean, like it was just yeah, if, if it, it was convenient, priority. if it was convenient, we'd mm -hmm. go on Sunday. Yeah, so finally, like God became the center, God became the focus. Uh, we started being a part of our church more. We started doing worship together, which is a great mm -hmm. you know couples activity. Hung out, <laughs> hung out more that way. Um, doing Bible studies, life groups, like just getting involved more and yeah. just bettering ourselves and it's just flowing through to everything so yes no we are not perfect we still have fights every once in a while but we're not in the wheel that we were oh, no. and we get past them a lot quicker because we finally can communicate and we understand what is each other's needs are better yes and so and forgiveness is always like, yes. it's just there now. You know what I mean? Like, and here's the thing, too. It's like simplicity of in Matthew. I mean, you, you we, but most people know, you know, the Lord's Prayer, right? Um, in the book of Matthew. But, like, you really need to stop and, and pick that apart and understand what each segment means. Um, there's a lot of studying you can do behind all that. But, like, the part that just sticks out to me so much is that, like, you know, forgive your trespasses, you know, like... Mm -hmm. It's just such a huge part. Like every time you you can sit there and be be in church and you're anywhere and you can say that, it just sticks out to me so much during a fight. Um, you know, as I forgive those who you know trespass against us. You know, and it's just so massive that who are we to not forgive somebody when Jesus forgave us for everything? Yeah, the but, ultimate But love. I can't. But you can't forgive your wife for doing like something dumb that made you mad. That's, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's only dumb in my opinion. Yeah. Like, and I mean, is marriage is 
literally God's like gift to us to Absolutely. reflect his love. Yeah. Like that that's literally why marriage was created. Because yes. God wanted to us to have at least a way and a feeling to know his love. Mm-hmm. And so we gotta represent that. That like, Yeah, it is a small portion touch of what mm-hmm. how much our, our, yeah how it'll be when when we're in heaven we're part of the bride in that sense like that's it's insane you know it so is. that's the thing is like when you're not honoring each other like you're not experiencing any of that gift at all like you are missing out on the right. gift right and i mean just think of all the good things that have happened since we finally like put God as a focus, but better, yeah, as the focus and started bettering ourselves. Like, I mean, how much we have grown in just so many other ways. Oh yeah. And just flourished. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. Like that's our testimony. Like it's. Yeah. And I mean, you're, when when you, when you start living in obedience and doing those things that God asks you to do and, and, living up to standards that he has laid out for you, like, you're, you're going to be blessed. And, and don't hear me wrong on this. Like, blessed doesn't mean, like, your bank account grows. It might. It might. But that's not, that's not what that means. Um, but you're blessed in so many other ways. Like, you start experiencing the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, you start having joy, and you start having patience, and you start having kindness, and you start having love and all those things. Just come very naturally now in your life because you're living in it. Mm-hmm. And those aren't things that you can just be like, oh, I want those things, yeah. Like, I read that, I want them. Like, no, no, no. Like, you receive them by living in obedience in the way God is calling you specifically to live. And if you don't know what that is, nobody can tell you that for you. Like, you can go to wise counsel, you can go to your pastor, and they can tell you what they think or what, you know, or whatever, and they might be right. And sometimes they are, like, they can have that, that they can prophesy that. I mean, it's a real thing. They can, some people have that, but you specifically need to understand. And we all do. All of us need to understand like the power of the Holy spirit speaking to you. Like that is what happened after like, that is why Jesus died. One of the reasons Jesus died on the cross. So he could have a specific relationship with you. Like you didn't have to go take a lamb to the altar and have mm-hmm. it sacrificed. And then, have an interceding priest take your, to get forgiveness from God. And incense, yeah, all all the steps. (laughs) Like, Jesus came as the lamb, so there has to be no more lamb slain. He is the last lamb slain. And his blood spilled, like, tore the veil. There is no separation now that you can have a personal relationship. You can take everything you have to him, and you can have personal conversations with him like and and after he rose after three days and then during that time frame where he was back on earth and communicating with around 500 people saw him after he had died and rose again and he was still communicating on earth for about 30 days i believe and all that time frame where and then the holy spirit poured down and you can go read in acts chapter two and pour down people and over three thousand people were added to the church that day to god's church not a four building walled church mm-hmm. like people people are the church like that happened like dude you like 
you have the opportunity to ask what your what what is my calling like you need to sit down and be like hey like even if you haven't talked to god in forever you can literally sit down and be like yeah jesus like i'm i'm just like feeling this and i'm confused and i want to know i don't know what my calling is i'm lost i am a lost sheep with, with right now on earth like and i need direction mm-hmm. and i'm just i'm just asking for direction and i need your help like i, I need help like you like God wants us to tell him that <laughs> we need help. Like yeah. our reliance daily needs to be on God, whether things are going good, whether things are going bad, this same feeling needs to be steady on the reliance that is required. And then you start receiving this direction. And it might not be this like, John, this is what you need to do tomorrow. <laughs> like this is your, like it might not be, it's not going to be that. It's like, it could, it's, it happens, but it's likely not going to be that for you. But if you just continue to be faithful in asking and praying and building, like the direction is going to clear itself up. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just coming from somebody who has been through that multiple times now where I'm like, I'm not sure. I mean, we're walking in a path right now where we're not sure what the next step is yeah. like, but it's, we know what we know. And so it is doing what we know right now until the next step is provided for us. And so it's just like, okay, cool. Like, this is what we know what to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to keep doing it until the next thing's provided, the next thing's provided, the next thing's given to go do. Um, and that's what you have to trust. And that is what he ultimately asks for us is, hey, be so reliant on me. Like, just be reliant on me is what he is. You know, and, and I want to be your friend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, he didn't write a book to come just give it to you and be like, hey, enjoy this book. And I'm not discrediting the Bible at all by saying that, but it's, I think I think it happens a lot that people get so in tune with just reading the Bible that they forget to have a personal relationship and pray and, and talk with Jesus and spend that time. And reading the Bible is part of spending time, and that is going to be a part of it. But don't forget about, don't just read. Don't just, like, there's, there's these justs, and it's about one-on-one relationship. And that's going to advance everything else in your life massively. Like, it's going to fix things that you don't know how to fix. It's going to pull you out of holes that you have, don't see any way out of. It's going to take away anxiety, depression, fear, whatever that you see no way out of or fix of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it will. That is the power of who Jesus is and what Jesus does. And not for us at all. It is purely for him for and for his glory and for him for his kingdom. And for his kingdom and yes. understanding all of that. It's insane. It is. So, yeah, he fixed us. And yeah. continues working on us. And we're just very thankful for it. And we just wanted to share that story. Absolutely. And we hope it helps. And if you feel like you're in that part of your relationship or maybe you're coming out of it or whatnot, or maybe you're new to marriage and you think you may, we, we never thought it, we'd go through oh, such no, a no, hard time. No, not us, dude. <laughs> so in love. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, we were deliriously so in, love. Yep. in love. We yeah, were in a honeymoon stage for a really long time. That is the time you build a massive foundation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we were in the honeymoon for eight years. Like, we legit, <laughs> like, just, like, absolutely adored each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we did. We still do. Mm. 
Just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely joking. But it's just like the truth. Like if you're young and listening, it's like, dude, build on, build that foundation. Yes. Because you will, your marriage will be. Put God as a center immediately. Your marriage will be massively blessed if mm-hmm. you do. You will live a life that is insanely blessed if you do. Yeah. Like yeah. epic. Guaranteed. 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 I will put the stamp of guarantee on that one. <laughs> It'll be awesome. I think that's it. We've been rocking for pretty close for an hour. Though. That's actually probably a little faster than I thought. Oh my God, that could have got long. It probably was long. But... It probably was, but it's all good. It's all good. Dude, I hope there's some tactical things in there that you can pull out, that you can apply. And don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah. I mean, if we can encourage the next couple the same way that we were encouraged. Paul writes so much about in the New Testament that when he was going from area to area, he was strengthening and encouraging other believers. Uh, in, in, uh, right. in strengthening and encouraging, strengthening and encouraging, strengthening, like all this over and over. And man, that is what we are supposed to do. Yeah, and don't go years without reaching out to someone. I think maybe we went too You're making long. it harder on ourselves. Yeah, we're we went so too much long harder on ourselves. Without reaching out and, yeah. Well, so. pride gets in the way. I mean, it just does. It does. Like, it gets right. harder and harder. So the faster you can just start, like, if you're even sensing, like, how oh, we might be, like, we might have missed the fork in the road about 100 yards back. <laughs> like, don't drive another two miles down that road. Yeah. Like, freaking make a U-turn. <laughs> like, just make the U-turn and go fix it, you know, and, and address everything right away. Because you get further down that road and the road gets really rough and you get stuck in the mud. And you have no cell service down there. And it just gets a lot tougher. How about that for an analogy? That's a good Let's analogy. Go. <laughs> We're going to end it right there. That's <laughs> legit. Okay, you guys. Thank you so much for jumping on this episode. We hope it encouraged you. We hope it gave you some hope if you're struggling. Or you can share it with somebody who maybe needs the hope. Yes, definitely. I love that. All right. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll check you on the next episode. Bye.